Welcome to Cannabis School. I'm your host, Jesse Angelus. And I'm Brandon Elder. And we're here to talk to you about everything pertaining to cannabis, from vape, flower, edibles, strains, and everything in between. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Today we have a lady who's actually the founder of 88 Lake Labs and the Women in Cannabis Expo. Miss Cannabis. That's what she is. She is Miss Cannabis. Cannabis. And she's big into BMW photography. So I guess, Jesse, who are we talking to today? We are talking to Brooke Westlake. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks. So, Brooke, I guess the most important question is, what BMW is your favorite to take a picture of? So here's the thing. I'm not obsessed with BMW photography. BMW is my initials. And I had a photography business for 10 years. And on my Escalade, it says, I am BMW. And then I have a little Mercedes sports car and it says, Ms. MS BMW. And it's always men. They're like, you know, that's not a BMW, right? <laughs> it would always be men. No, it's, it's, it's read the place. It says I am, but maybe I think that maybe in the next decade I'll get maybe like a BMW, like a sedan, because since I've got the big SUV and then I've got the sports car, now I gotta have the midsize, and I might as well get a BMW with my initials, and then just get BMW on the license plate and really confuse people, you know? Or you could put like I am Mercedes, and they'd be like, what the hell? So you know, really throw them off. Oh, that's cool, though. I could see you stepping out of like a five series with your hair blowing in the wind and you take off your glasses and you do this thing with the hair and they're like, yep, it's Miss BMW. She must own it. Right. You should do that. Going, I will, I, It's I, actually named after me. I will tell you family. when I was in healthcare, and I, I was the last 10 years I did medical sales and I was selling telehealth and a telehealth kiosk. We actually I sold to BMW. I sold to their manufacturing facility and one of the managers was like, did I, I called your cell phone and, you know, I had the other company name and then I had my business name and he says, I'm so confused. And I said, my initials are BMW and I brought pens for all of them. And they were like, this is hilarious. Cause it said photography BMW on it. And they were like, oh my gosh, you've never seen anything like this. I'm like, so you need me in a commercial. And they were yeah, I was like, have me in a commercial, driving a really cool car. Just give me the car. I'll yeah. pay the taxes on it. Right. Like, Super know, easy. Cool. That's okay. Once my name gets known more, they'll reach They'll reach back out and be like, We're, we have a car commercial for you. <laughs> be fantastic. Yeah, it's already built into it, you know? Exactly. exactly. It'll come. Yeah. So beyond BMW, one thing that I did find out about you is that you ran for uh, the school district board. Is that correct? I'm currently running for the school district. Oh, that's on. Okay. So tell us, why did you get involved into that? I mean, because a lot of parents say, yeah, I need to get involved more, but you really took it another step. Why did you do that? There's a few reasons. We've got a lot of issues that have been going on with our schools for a long time. Nevada has always ranked extremely low in education. We're either like at the bottom or second from the bottom. Uh, there's a lot of, there's basically for me, I'm struggling with the fact that there's a high political agenda and enforcement of a lot of sexuality at a young age, which I don't feel is appropriate and lack of parental rights. A lot of parental rights have been taken away in the schools, And 
And at the end of the day, I put the food on the table. I put the roof over my child's head. My taxpayer dollars are there to pay for education. We need to keep it back to the basics of the learning of the, the basic reading, writing, arithmetic. And when we want to add additional programs, they can't, what they've been doing is they just implemented them. They haven't sent home a, you know, a sign off sheet or whatever. I have some issues with that. I have my family values and my beliefs and I don't want my son. I feel like the children are being indoctrinated in a certain way. And I'm glad that my son is smart enough. He has seen a lot and he and I have a lot of conversations about it, but I decided, you know what? I'm a woman in cannabis and why don't I just stand out even more and run for the school board and let's have the bigger discussions. And sometimes, oftentimes these boards have older people on them. That, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes they're very far removed. Maybe they don't have children in the district or they don't have grandkids in the district. I've got flesh and blood in the district. I know what's happening, it's boots on the ground. I think it's time a mama bear maybe stepped in. And, and it's also not just about me, it's also about when you are running for a position, you are also representing your community members. So you're representing all the people and what they have to say. And the majority is telling us they are fed up with, with what is happening and they want changes done. So I'm standing out and saying, vote for me. I'm well-spoken. Uh, people don't always like what I have to say, but you know, not everybody's going to like you. And at the end of the day, it's for the kids. That's awesome. Well now, do you find that your cannabis use or I guess you're in Nevada, it's probably a lot more accepted, widely accepted out there? Um, there's still, you know, there's definitely the stigma. I mean, we are, we became medically accepted in around, I think it was 2000, 2001. Recreational was 2016. I'm new to consumption. I started consuming after almost dying and having a major bowel removal surgery um, and having a cannabis business. There is a stigma. I mean, I've had to educate my son. He, for a long time, would say, I don't think anybody's going to want to vote for you. You're in the weed business. And I said, you sound uneducated. It's called cannabis. We don't say weed. And, uh, you know, I, I know that it'll probably come up if I make it to the top two after June's primary. It will come up that I have a cannabis business. But at the end of the day, what children, not, and we shouldn't be teaching at a very young age, but as they get older, you know, we teach about the birds and the bees, sexual health and condoms and stuff. No doctor is going to prescribe somebody a bottle of wine or alcohol and we teach our children not to consume those things when they're teenagers, but we should be educating them on why grandma or mom might be using them for their cancer because a doctor can write you a script to go get a medical card. And so there's conversations to be had. Uh, there's definitely stigmas. I'm breaking a lot of those stigmas, but I will say I'm pretty certain it's going to and it's probably going to come at me at some point with the political stuff, but I'm like, bring it on. It's legal. And by the way, in our state last year, we sold a billion dollars of sales tax revenue in cannabis and 145 million went to public education. So now imagine what states could do if they actually legalized cannabis and took tax revenue for their schools, infrastructure. It'd be amazing, right? Yeah, Utah needs to listen to that. Utah, listen up. We are we are calling you out. Listen to what we have to say right now. Huh? Yeah, that's crazy. So women in cannabis, you said that was 2020 you started. The Women in Cannabis Expo, yes. I launched that at the same time I was launching my lab, which is Adelaide's lab. As you know, 2020 was a very transitional time for everybody. So we launched both companies in 2020. 
not knowing we were going to be chartering in these COVID waters. I signed the ho hotel contract February of 2020, and then March, of course, we shut down. We really didn't decide until August of that year to move the event to 2022 because we just kind of kept going month to month. But what we ended up doing in August of 2020, we did then move our first event out a year, September to 2021. And I just kept promoting it for a year and nine months and had staff brought on board and we just went for it. But because of that, I also then this past year, I've launched what's called Legally Blonde and Blunt, and it's an e-commerce website because I've been referenced as the Legally Blonde of cannabis. I'm extremely educated, and I have this criminal justice uh, education and then healthcare background. So it worked out. Our show was amazing, and it was so well received that that's why we decided to do four shows this year with our first one coming up next month, May 26th, Atlantic City, New Jersey because they just newly adopted cannabis. So we're like, we want to help those women get into the business. That's awesome. Is one of your episodes called The Bend and Snap? Really testing the quality oh, of cannabis? Yeah. Um, so, okay, I have something for you guys. I have these, um, I, we have a couple things. I'm coming out with apparel. There's going to be some playoff, The Bend and Snap. <laughs> what I do have is, this. So, you know, I don't know if you recall that when she followed her boyfriend and got into Harvard, um, he was like, oh, are you here to see me? And she's like, no, I, you know, I go here. And he's like, you got into Harvard Law. So I have these stickers that have, they have her on there. And it says, <laughs> you went into the cannabis industry? And she says, what, like it's hard? <laughs> 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 that's awesome and, uh, logo says legally blonde and blunt and then i have another one it's got Marilyn on it and this one says sorry for my bluntness that's just how i roll oh nice <laughs> that's so, beautiful we're doing some wordplay and i'm kind of hoping that as we continue to grow the e-commerce i don't really know where reese witherspoon stands on cannabis and if she is a cannabis fan, I'm hoping down the road to maybe work with her at some point and get maybe like an endorsement or like we'll do a product photo together. I don't know. I'm right? like, I'm, cool. it. I'm just throwing it out to the universe. Reese Witherspoon, if you're listening, call me. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah, set it up. Well, she's your so, lady. So that's the question that I want to have. So, I mean, this may seem dumb, but are you telling us that there's not a lot of women in cannabis business world? Oh, let me tell you. So the cannabis business world is predominantly dominated by males, uh, roughly 85 to 87% male. Then you're looking at 15 to 12% females. And that number drops off even more when you start to look at minorities and those with disabilities. That number is significantly reduced. So we are all about getting women into the business. And at our expos, we, I get asked this question all the time. Are men allowed to come? And I say, yes, you guys are allowed to come because even though we are geared towards women, we're all about helping women get them into the business and get them going, where are they going to learn everything from? If we have a small percent of women in the business, that's a very small pool of people to learn from. So we want men there. We want them to come help bring women on board, teach them what to do and how to do it, listen to their business ideas, invest in them, and then it becomes like a win-win for everybody. The number used to be bigger uh, as far as women being in the industry is like 21%, 22%, but there's been high burnout. Women aren't getting the same pay. 
they're wearing 20 hats and they're just like, what am I doing that for? You know? And I say, go get, start your own company, be your own boss. Um, but we, we definitely, they need the support of male owned companies, male investors, males who want to support minority owned businesses and those with disabilities too. So is that your main focus is, is being able to help these women see the opportunities that are in the cannabis industry and that they can, they can achieve just as much? Um, I think that we have several focuses. I mean, the first focus is all about education and helping women if they're um, in the business or needing extra support, but also teaching women how to get into the business. So we do kind of business to business as well as also helping them get into the industry and educate them on, you know, what are viable options. And they, we have a multitude of different speakers. And so after this year, we will have 80, 80 different speakers after this year. And that's very diverse. I mean, it's not, and it's not all females. I will tell you that right now. And we've got a plethora of people that come to me and I look at their background and I want diversity and I want in, inclusiveness and inclusion included in the cannabis industry. But the, you know, I think one of the first goals for me is first bringing everybody together. That would be, I think, the first goal for me. And then the second goal is getting them educated on what's happening, what they need to do, helping them find those connections. What do you see are like the largest hurdles for women entering into the cannabis space right now? There are several hurdles with the cannabis industry of women. The first one is funding. Women typically don't have access to capital like males do. Um, this is a very dominated market by white males who have a lot of capital. Women don't typically know where to go for that. And oftentimes they are turned down more than a male person with a business idea. You know, oftentimes I hear from women, I had one gal, she was trying to get funding and they wanted numbers first. They wanted, you know, how many widgets did you sell? And she's like, well, I can't sell widgets till I get money to make the widgets kind of situation. And that's very common. And so it's a struggle. They, you know, they get a lot more no's than they do yeses. And so capital is the first. The second thing that we all actually run into in this industry is banking. Banking is a huge mm -hmm. issue. Uh, you know, you can't have, um, you know, we're not touching cannabis at all, but I cannot have that in my actual company name. Uh, that's on the paperwork because they would be like, oh, are you touching it? Are you, you know, no, I'm not touching any cannabis. We're just having meetings. That's all we're doing. So there's, there's a lot of different learning loopholes. And then also you got to be familiar with what is allowed in your state or isn't allowed in your state. And how do you get a dispensary license or a grow license or a lab license? And um, what does that process look like? What is the cost? Know what your numbers are. You know, for the lab component, for me to start a lab, any, anybody going into this business starting a lab, it's about $2 million, 2 to $2.5 million for one year. That is to cover your expenses for one year. Your equipment alone is a million bucks. Big, big challenges when it comes to this market industry and getting women in here. And money is the first giant hurdle they've got to get through. As many stories you've been able to hear and, and, and individuals you've been able to talk to, what has been a success story that you have seen a woman coming into cannabis, such as yourself, because you came into it? And, and, and actually, let's touch on that before we go into there. Um, let's talk about, you know, you owned a cannabis company, but you didn't partake of cannabis. And then you had a life changing experience. 
what's cannabis been to you in your life right now? Uh, it's literally saving my life. It's literally keeping me alive every day. I had tried cannabis when I was 18 and had a massive panic attack. And back then you got bad pot or good pot, but I didn't, I didn't know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my friends mm-hmm. are like, let's get high. And I'm like, sure, I'm 18. Um, so I was like, I'm never doing that again. And then when it got referred to me as a business, it was a mentor of mine. I was finishing my master's later in life. And he said to me, you should open a cannabis testing lab. And I said, I don't know anything about cannabis or, you know, a testing lab. And I started doing the research and I was like, wow, this is viable. And like I said, I launched both companies in 2020, August of that year, a month before I ended up being taken to the hospital by ambulance. I had what's called a volvulus bowel obstruction. So my insides actually knotted like on themselves and they had to go in and cut the section out and reattach. I was in the hospital for a week, no food for four days, no walking for four days, morphine, I mean, massive pain. I have a 12 inch incision. And they did not explain to me one of the critical valves that was taken out. The only valve you have is the nutrition valve that was removed. And so come December of that year, throwing up all my food. I can't keep anything down. I've lost a bunch of weight. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to freaking do. I can't, you can't live like this. I'm getting nutrition depleted. I went into a dispensary. I did not tell them that I worked or had cannabis businesses and just said, you know, look, tried it 20 years ago, had a panic attack. What do you, you know, what do you recommend? So they actually, the butt tender told me about microdosing and the pining, stay away from pining. That'll give you the heart racy feeling. And so I started practicing and microdosing and I can't tell you what a difference it's made for me. I mean, alcohol is straight, just poison. As much as I used to love wine, I can't enjoy wine, but I'll tell you what, I love my little snail I have and I'm able to eat. I'll go all day without eating. And then I have cannabis and I'm able to actually eat food and it's, it's saving my life. And I'm very grateful. It's come full circle for me on the business side and then on my personal side. From going so short into it, you're now the 100 most important women in cannabis on 2020? I was. I was named one of the 100 most. I don't know what happened to 2021. Back then. <laughs> yes, 2022 is a new year. Yeah, I'm all, come on. Come on. We need those votes in. Um, no, for sure, you'll get back on that list. I think sure. I will at some point. But yeah, I mean, that tells you right there. I mean, that just tells you right there, there's not enough women in the space because I was newly into the marketplace of that industry and to get voted just that year. I mean, I don't know. Part of that, I think, had to do with my social media outreach. I'm very good at marketing and I did sales for 10 years in healthcare. And so I'm very familiar with certain things. But um, it was pretty exciting just to, like my first year to get that honorary of notification of being a woman, you know, important woman in weed, as they said. This year, you have a couple actual events coming up for the Women in Cannabis Expo. So, yes, our first one is going to be Atlantic City, New Jersey, May 26th. Then 30 days later, we head over to Denver. So June 30th, Denver, we're going to be at the Curtis Hotel. And, and in Atlantic City, we're going to be at Sinclair Ridge. I'm, I'm getting C hotels. I'm, I'm wondering if my Vegas is going to have a hotel with a C name and my San Francisco. Um, <laughs> like the C letter keeps popping up. So then we will break for summer. And then at the end of September, September 30th, we will be in Las Vegas. And then at the very end of October, we don't have the date yet. I'm still working on that, but we will be in San Francisco. 
And then that way that gives us more of a reach and then people in those areas and regions can come in and it gives them an opportunity that they might not have had just coming to Reno or just coming to Las Vegas. Uh, and that, again, that's why we went to New Jersey since they newly adopted cannabis into law. Very, very cool. And this, since it's becoming more and more accepted and legalized, um, are you finding that there are still people, like you said, I mean, within your own state and within your own town and, and going for the school board district, these things going in there, are you finding that around the U.S. that it's starting to lighten up a little bit, but people are being able to open up a little bit more about their cannabis use, not necessarily just talking about cannabis? No. And mm. no, they're not. There's still a very heavy stigma on it. Um, <clears throat> the stigma of, you know, people who use cannabis are lazy. They're not smart. They just want to party. We've got to really break that stigma. I mean, there's two components to this. People can medicate and they can they can celebrate, right? So they can do both. But the, that negative stigma, I think, is only going to get broken the more that we speak up, the more that business owners such as myself, I don't look like I consume. You know, I'm with the legally blonde and blonde. I want all things pink. I want pink pipes, bling, glitter. You know, I want to be all cute and, and, and fancy. And so until we continue to hone in and, and talk about this openly and I share it on my Facebook page on all of my social media we're not going to break that stigma until all of us come out and say do I look like I'm a consumer I'm you know I'm I medicate I medicate with it it's saving my life but what about this other person who maybe wears a suit and tie and they enjoy it recreational we can't we've got to get away from that viewpoint that we have of what this plant is because that's not the case you know it's interesting because a lot of people don't really even see like you said some people medicate with it and some people look at it and they're like hey you get high but yet they don't understand someone from your aspect or mine like i'm medicating all day long but i get my stuff done same with jesse it's it's specific people use it for specific instances it's just like any other medication it's proper dosing and and more people, I think, would not be on those opioids if they were using cannabis. Now, I will say this. I, you know, coming from a healthcare background, the one thing that is never good for our bodies is smoking. It doesn't matter what you're smoking. Smoking is not good for the lungs. But the great thing about cannabis is you don't have to smoke it. I, I like to vape. I, I'm guilty of it, you know. But you can edibles, gummies, brownies, food. I mean, there's topicals. There's droppers. There's so many ways that you can medicate if you need it for the medical purpose or if you want to enjoy it for the recreational and not smoke. There are so many ways that you can consume this. It's now becoming popular in drinks and powders and all kinds of ways to do that, which I think is amazing. And it actually can actually be used as a um, get somebody from not relapsing. Them actually using cannabis can help them not relapse. So there's so many benefits reduction in high blood pressure, inflammation, pain reduction, uh, you know, someone like myself, the nausea, the vomiting, it makes me go away, it makes me eat. There's so many positive benefits and we need to continue to teach people what those benefits are. Yeah, I feel bad for anybody who goes against you saying, well, you use cannabis and you lay that story on them. That makes them look like a dick. I mean, because it, it you know, they're, they're not being able to be, you know, like, like, oh, you use cannabis. You're like, yeah, 
let me tell you this story how it saved my life and now i'm able to eat food because i don't have what you have you know it's uh they've got all that uh they need to have like uh full intestine guilt because you know they can walk around with a complete intestinal tract and and you don't have that that ability now because of one thing or another but one of the wonderful things of cannabis is exactly what you stated like people go yeah you get the munchies but you know for those who have that hard time of being able to thinking about those who suffer even with like eating disorders right that would be able to help attacking the depression being able to help out with the anxiousness of eating because you you feel overwhelmed with certain strains this is going to help you in this particular area and it helps with i mean there's a multitude of things that it can be able to help with but i love what you said there when you stated, you know, either you're there to medicate or celebrate. Brandon, that's something we need to be talking about more often in ours. <laughs> right. right? Oh, that's- celebrate, baby. You, you know, you mentioned educating people on that and like the stigma. And I will say this my ex put in a bunch of court paperwork. She's in the cannabis business. And you know, the court said, we don't care. It's legal. Who cares? It's freaking legal. She's not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And it goes back to these are talks that have come up on Clubhouse. Um, he fake dialed CPS and the, the lady, we became friends. She would like text to check on me. She's super sweet. <laughs> no kidding. Like became like a friend. And uh, she was like, clearly there's some issues with him. And I was like, yeah, but she did. One of the first things when she came over to my house to do the instruction, she said, um, do you use marijuana? And I said, first of all, that's a negative condensation of a word. That is a word that was created in Texas to a label the Hispanic using cannabis. I said the word's cannabis, and I said yes, I do. And she goes, uh, uh, "Well, it's not illegal." And I said, "I know it's not." So what do you what what's the issue here? And she didn't have one. She just said, "Do you have like a lockbox?" And I said, "Yes, I do." And showed her, and she was like, "Oh, okay, great." You know, but still breaking down those barriers and those stigmas of that is so critical because we saw states where women are going to jail or prison if they test positive with THC in their system and they're, they have a baby and they're breastfeeding or whatnot. So, I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done in the United States right here, our home, you know, stomping grounds of getting people to understand that this is a plant-based medicine and there is the opportunity to celebrate it with it as well. So you can medicate or celebrate whatever you want to do, but we need we need the education badly, badly. Doctors and nurses need uh, education on cannabis extremely. I've educated too many already. It's, it's ridiculous the amount yeah. of discussions I've had to have with medical professionals on this thing that they're trying to prescribe to people anyway. And it's like, you have no understanding at all of this plant, of the endocannabinoid system, of how it interacts with the body. And yet you're trying to tell people how to use this. I think first you should spend the time to educate yourself. Yeah, we are seeing more medical professionals being able to put out uh, more lecture-based information about the endocannabinoid system. Uh, Risa, I was telling Brandon, I I found this awesome video. I'll send it to you, Brooke. It's really cool because it had this guy going through, like literally taking the organs. He was in a, they're a place where they dissect dabbers and talking about you know, here's the salivary gland, and this is why it act. This is why it kind of turns off when you use cannabis. Like that's why people talk about their dry mouth. They're like, "Oh, I'm just 
you know, it just causes dry mouth. Like there's so much more that goes into it. But the great thing is when this guy was talking about it, he's just like, there's so much we don't know about it. But the little that we do, it's really amazing. I mean, there's negatives to everything. There was like a woman that was on a, a radio talk show and and they did like an experiment like they were doing some type of test where she had to drink a bunch of water to win an xbox and she died Uh right i mean drinking all of this water it shut her system down Uh you know and and somebody go oh you know what happens when you have too much cannabis yeah you either eat or you fall asleep or you have some really deep discussions like uh that's that's the side effect of that i mean either that or or Del Taco, because Brandon and I will frequent Del Taco after a, a long recording session. <laughs> and I, I hate to cut this recording session short. One final question for our audience at home. What's your favorite strain? I am a sativa girl, minus the piney. Um, I will do indica from time to time. I struggle with the hybrids. I, I think it's probably because the, with the indica there is a hybrid of both. I have a, a big struggle. Um, my, one of my favorite sativas is the Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson has his own. Really? There's a strain called Mike Tyson? Oh my so goodness. Called, it's, not, it's not called Mike Tyson, but it's, it's his company. And it's, oh, uh, they found delicious. Really nice. I got a hug and a picture. Nice to meet. Um, his product is really good. In fact, it's so good that when I've gone back to my favorite dispensary in town, it's sold out. It's gone. And I'm like, wow. Are those the ear gummies? No, but I saw those and I was like, that's freaking genius marketing right there. That is yep. it's brilliant. <laughs> million dollar genius idea. No, it's um it's a vape cartridge. So it's like okay. a half gram, a resin. Yeah. And really smooth in fact it's so good that my one of my old longtime friends she's a hairdresser she tried it she's like i have to go get some of this that you know there's not that residual coughing effect and it's just like the smoothest uh whatever they do to that that particular brand that they have it's great i love it but typically i kind of lean more towards like the peachy flavor flavor fruity ones yeah Uh, those are typically my favorite. There's a company that makes a uh, pre-rolled joint called Blood Draw, which That's is a really name, but it's yeah. really good. But I'm like, why would you name this Blood Draw? Like, that's so bizarre. I don't know. I mean, the one of the weirdest ones is uh, GMO, like the garlic um, something onions. That one, surprisingly, is an amazing strain. And Cheetah Piss. Like, the yeah. name itself sounds really <laughs> gross, but... The effects, like the actual high from it is amazing. Um, But the strain names, yeah, some of the names you're like, that is really weird, super unique sounding. Like it doesn't sound appetizing, but then the experience, you're like, totally different than what I expected. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Brandon and I, we've experimented in in combining different strains together in a bowl and and when we consume it, it's uh, we we come up with names over there, and and I'm I'm a branding and messaging guy, so I'm always thinking of names. And we had this amazing one. If you need to get stuff done, uh, it's it's one of our episodes called Combos, but you mix uh, White Russian and Diesel OG, and we named it Dolph Lundgren because it's a giant White Russian, and it is by far one of the best combinations that we have come up with 
that give you hypersensitivity and focus, no cotton mouth, no munchies. energy. Like, yeah, Tons it was of the energy. best sativa, like really good mix of two sativas. And those two combined were like, oh, oh. so good. Yeah. I will totally try that because I don't uh, typically use during the day. I usually am an evening medicator. Um, but sometimes if I'm having a tough day and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling a little stressed, I'll take a little hit. But that's very, actually very rare. But I will try this. Because I will say this, the one thing I've been missing out my whole entire life is the creative flare-up that I have using the sativas. Uh, I mean, that, there's where Legally Blonde and Blunt came from. Freaking brilliant. Like, it's right. <laughs> like, all these things come to me when I'm freaking, I'm medicated, I'm eating, I'm, ha- I'm in my happy place, and I'm like, oh, I have my next business idea. Yeah, it's where they all come from, right? Seriously. <laughs> Hey, that's, that's where half my, most, I would say 90% of my ideas come from that. And that 10% over there is going, you know what you need? Like, yeah, I already know what I need. And I grab my pen and get a couple puffs. And then all of a sudden ideas start magically appearing. And it's, it's such an amazing thing of what the cerebral high that you get from sativa. Like I'm, I'm a big sativa guy. Brandon knows that. Like, I mean, I love my indicas, uh, every once in a while, um, Except that alien OG, we took an alien OG. Is that that's a hybrid, isn't it? Yeah, alien OG is more of a hybrid. But yeah, I'll, that's a funny story. You'll have to listen to the episode on that one because yeah, I should I, I should have had my glasses on. That's all I'm going to say. But anyways, yeah, it, it you know being able to use these really cerebral highs, it's so fantastic. So so awesome that you're a sativa gal. Uh, I'm a sativa guy. Uh, let's see, how many interviews we've done where there are just tons of sativa people that are all over it, Brandon? You're kind Most of feeling alienated. Most <laughs> of them. I mean, majority of people are like, I like a little bit of sativa. And I'm like, I mean, a good indica will just hit me in the back and that's what I need. So, you yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> the indica, if I take the indica, I'm like, I, that's like, okay, I am having trouble sleeping or I need to go to sleep and I need to shut everything down and I just, I just can't shut it down. And so the indicas are really great for me for that, but I'm there. It's far and few in between because I'm such a sativa. Mm-hmm. I love my sativas. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Well, thanks for joining us, Brick. And thanks yeah, for everyone at home tuning in. We'll actually have all of her links in the show notes. So if you guys need, go ahead and check in the show notes. We'll have the link to her testing facility, to the Women in Cannabis Expo. Blonde and blonde. They definitely need that. Really blonde and blonde. Like we've got satin robes with cannabis on it. Ones we're getting lingerie with cannabis on it. We've got what? Like, I'm telling you, I'm telling. There's a whole. <laughs> Don't even. I am so excited about this. I can't even tell you. Like, there's a whole section of women like me that we want the pink glitter bongs and the girly cute stuff. And I had that robe on. My boyfriend comes over and he's like, "Is that a cannabis robe?" I was like, "Yes, it is." And it's reversible too. And he's like, of course it is. That's fantastic. So thank you so much. Of course. Well, thank you, Brooke. Again, everybody who's listening over there, women, if you are looking to get into the cannabis business world, go no further. Talk to Brooke, get involved, and let's start changing up this industry. Let's bring more people into it. There's room in this industry for all. And I think that passion to be in this industry, whether or not you consume or don't, there's room for you. If you have a story 
and you want to be in this business and you have a story that goes with it, there's room for you too. There's room for everybody to be in this space. Amen. Agreed. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll uh, catch you next time. Hey, take care, everybody.